Hi, if you're hearing this, you might be a little confused where your normal Content Minds episode is. Uh, Luke and I are on vacation. Say hello from the English countryside, Luke. Hi. So you get to experience a glimpse into what we've been doing for our Patreon patrons for the last couple weeks. It's a side show we do called Post Post Credit Scene. The idea is that we uh, marathon different cinematic universes. Our first big project is the DC Entertainment Universe. Most of these movies are very bad. So without further ado, here's The Content Minds presents, post post credit scene presents, The Justice League. I'm very sorry. <laughs> not as... <sighs> yeah, I mean, not as sorry as everyone else should be for, for us doing this. Welcome to Post Post Credit Scene, a Patreon-exclusive podcast for the patrons of The Content Minds. This is the week it's all been building to. Luke, how did you like The Justice League? I just, I think there's so many other things we could be talking about. I've got some <laughs> opinions about vacuum cleaners, if you're interested. Uh, there's just a lot of things we could, talking, we could be talking about that are more interesting than Justice League. Uh, see, I, I, have, I feel differently, which is that... I have so many thoughts in my head about Justice League that I'm struggling to get them all out in an order that makes sense because this movie has carved out a hole in my brain and it's confounding how bad this thing is. Okay, let's do it. My, my top line review of this movie is that I did not like it. I don't understand why we're doing this universe. It's it's a really hard movie to describe because it has essentially no plot. Like no, none, none. What's okay? Wait, okay. wait, hold on, wait. What is the plot of the Justice League? Give me like the broadest strokes of what the plot of this. There's movie is. a villain, and then they fight the villain. That's it. So, that is the broad strokes plot. So the f- like okay, okay. So there's also there is a long dead secret villain who is played incidentally by Kieran Hines. Yeah, really which weird. Is an incredible waste of Kieran Hines. Also, like, imagine he's not dead though, right? He was in space or something. They never explain it, but I think he's in space. He's in space. He was in stasis. He was something. He was imprisoned, maybe. Like they were pulled him onto a sh- like a prison. I don't know. Whatever. He was gone for a long time, and then he came back because they found the what, the mother cubes, <laughs> the mother boxes. Oh, I'm sorry. That my mother mother cubes was a stupid name. The mother boxes, which they put together into some sort of super weapon that then. Ref- terraforms the earth into being suitable for him which also is the second time they've used terraforming in about four movies yeah okay okay wait so first we have to acknowledge a few things about this movie for any of it to make sense one uh zach snyder uh he he suffered a great tragedy while making this film he was pulled off the film he was replaced with joss whedon i have done a little research to prepare for this episode from what i can I can understand 90% of Zack Snyder's film was removed and replaced with Josh Whedon's version. So I did a bit, I, I looked at a similar thing, I think, and I found it was more 50-50. Interesting. I think causes it more of a problem. So I but- I, I had read, the th- what I read last night was saying that two and a half, so okay, well, here, here's what we do now. Two and a half hours of Zack Snyder footage will be released with the Snyder cut. So there is an entire other movie, I guess. Um, and more and more people have come out of the woodworks. And, and you can also sort of tell where the differences are because this is the other thing we have to acknowledge here. 
Henry Cavill's mouth. Uh, so Henry Cavill famously could not shave his mustache or beard because he was filming Mission Impossible, and so they CGI'd a face onto him, and that is why Superman looks fucking insane in this movie. Like, truly insane. Okay, so now that we've got those couple things set up here, was there anything you liked about Justice League? Was there, was there any scenes that you think worked? I mean, scene to scene, there are some fun moments. You know, Zack Snyder can do a fight scene, as can Joss Whedon. I don't think they can do it simultaneously. I think that's bad. They shouldn't do that. No. But I do think, like, yeah, when when a big action scene works, they can choreograph it in a way that sort of makes sense. But at the same time, like, the more I think about it, the more it's like, also, they kind of can't. Like there's an extended scene at the end, which is just Batman driving a car and then everyone else jumping. That scene makes no sense because, yeah. like, there's the, where is he going? Where is he come from? Why is he driving for so long? I don't even know what he's trying to do. Okay, so 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 I will say that there is one scene that I liked the first time I saw this movie, and I like it even more now that I've seen it again. And I think it is truly the only full sequence in this film that works, and that is. The fight with Superman on the at the monument for Superman. I think it is like exactly what the movie's tone should be. It's the moment where Flash is running and then Superman like side eyes him at the same speed. It is yeah. an incredible fight sequence. It is like it is smart in the sense that like Batman keeps saying he's got this weapon to take him down and you think it's kryptonite, but then it's not. It's Lois Lane. It's it's like Aquaman's funny, like Cyborg can't control himself. Like Wonder Woman's trying to hold it all together. It is like the, the team trying to work it out. I think it is well done. That is the only thing that's the only good thing about this movie, I think. Truly. It is. I think I think it has the bones. Like the team structure has the bones of being quite interesting because you basically have essentially you have Batman and Wonder Woman as mum and dad. Yes. And then like an annoying teenage son in the form of uh, uh Flash. Right. I don't know what actually I don't know how Cyborg fits in. Or oh, Aquaman. This doesn't work. This is falling well, apart. Okay. Um but that is kind of the vibe. It's like the two adults and then the three children who all go off and do things stupid. Yeah. And I I also think like the movie, okay, I love Aquaman. I did not think that I would love Aquaman. I think Aquaman in the comics is like usually a fairly wasted character. And I think he ran the risk of being like a Thor knockoff. But I actually genuinely like Aquaman. I think the scene where he's like chugging whiskey and walking into the ocean is rad. I think like it, it works somehow. Jason Moma just like can do it. And I think The Flash is also very, very interesting. I think The Flash as like this like runaway teen is like a cool idea. I'm into that. Yeah, I think I think I'd agree with both of those. Yeah, I think Jason Momoa works, but I think I don't I don't know so much as it's, it's Aquaman working as it's Jason Momoa working. Like it's just like oh this guy can just it's, he's just fun to watch. It's fine. It's true. Whereas I think the Flash is a well-written character and Ezra Miller pulls it off. Well, obvious caveat for Ezra Miller problems. But also like let's be real like Joss Whedon is like so much in his wheelhouse with Ezra Miller's dialogue. Like, absolutely, it's just like quip upon quip upon quip. And th- and this is something that you and I noticed during our multiple rewatches of like the Marvel films, which is that when you get to the 2012 Avengers, Joss Whedon changes everyone's dialogue so that it just sounds like Buffy, and it's like incredibly jarring when you watch it in sequence. And I think that happens here within its own movie, where like the first like 20 minutes is like fairly standard movie dialogue, and then it's just like becomes like they're all talking like teenagers and it, 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 it it's so goddamn weird the minute it switches there's also other 
fun elements where some of the yeah, some of the actors can pull it off and some of them can't. Like I think Gal Gadot does fine with it. Yeah. Uh, I think Cyborg is such a mess of a character that I just I don't understand why it was in the movie. It I only understood it in my second watch now that he is made from the mother boxes and that he is like basically a Kryptonian computer that he can't con- like I I sort of got it but I really didn't get like what his deal was until I I watched it and like had to read about it because they, I think I think that's where most of the cuts like I think that's where a lot of cuts occurred is on on Cyborg because it just doesn't make any sense. None of it makes any sense with him. No, it's just a bizarre character. And then you have Ben Affleck as Batman who is very who's very clearly just refused to do large quantities of stunts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> whether yes. whether he's not fit enough, whether he's lazy, whether he just doesn't want to stand that but like there is there is an end sequence of it where he just gets a gun. Right. And he's just like, oh yeah, Batman. What what does Batman do? Notoriously Batman has a gun and stands in one place. Those are the two defining characteristics of Batman. Well so so this is it this is an interesting thing you pointed out because when I was watching it, I was thinking a lot about the Avengers. And the Avengers are interesting because two of them are human beings with no superpowers whatsoever, Natasha and Clint. And yeah. I was thinking about the Battle of New York sequence where you have, you know Well, te- technically Tony Stark. Sure, but he's got like a robot suit or whatever, right? So sure. you've you've got you've got two just normal people. One of them uh, is just shooting arrows, so he's like not even like he's you know he's like yeah. what is he doing there? You know. But in the Battle of New York sequence, you have Natasha, who I mean, she's just like a ruthless, insane killing machine. So she's just like running around murdering people or murdering aliens, and like that should be what Batman is doing. Is that like he should be the grittiest, most like insane one of them because he has nothing. Other than just like his own like will to like fight stuff, right? Like, yeah, he's got nothing. And it's so strange to me that like Joss Whedon couldn't identify that same thing with Batman, and instead was like, let's just give Batman a bunch of robots, which like doesn't make any sense because like Batman, yeah, he's got a plane and he's got a car and he's got like a motorcycle sometimes, but like he's not known for like his crazy. He's not yeah, Tony he's Stark. Just, like he's just not Tony Stark. He's angry that he's there as well, which is the thing. It's not just that he's angry that he has to do the fight, but like he's angry at everything that he has to do during the fight. And it's just, it's really bizarre and hard to watch, to be honest. It is. It's, and it, and it also doesn't make a lot of sense when you have like Batman monologuing about how great Superman is. And it's like that undermines the entire conflict and interesting thing about the two characters, which is that like Superman is a good guy and he's just like full of like hope and joy. And Batman is like a dangerous sociopath. And, like, that's what makes them interesting. It doesn't make any sense if Batman's being like, we need Superman. It, in fact, like, if anyone had to die and be resurrected, it should be Batman. It should be Superman putting the team together to, to bring back Batman. It shouldn't be the other way around. I would agree with that. That makes that makes a lot more sense. It does. Like, also, one of them is immortal and one of them isn't. And you killed the immortal one for some reason. Yeah, like, I mean, as as, like, kind of funny and charming as the line where Batman's like, or the Flash is like, "What's your superpower?" And Batman's like, "I'm rich." Like, okay, that's funny, but like, it that isn't his superpower. His superpower is that he is like the most capable man. Like, he's just like yeah. extremely capable. And so I want him to like, you know, jump on the back of a parademon and like fuck it up and fly it into something else. Like exactly what Black Widow is doing in Battle of New York, where she's just like scrappy and like survives. Yeah, she figures out a thing at one point where she puts like a blade into one of their heads and like steers them. Yeah, exactly. Like that's and he's like, yeah, it's stuff like that. That's what you want to see Batman doing. And you, you know, he's got his uh, uh, 
uh, what's it called the 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 the, the, the grappling hook? grappling yeah. thing. Yeah, which at one point he uses to go over a bridge where he just stands stationary as it pulls him over. It's really like he's bad. like it's like Mary Poppins umbrella or something. Right. And like think about like the opening scene of Avengers where Loki appears and uh Nick Fury doesn't even think. He just like starts shooting and and like him and yeah. Maria Hill like are just like we're going to like we're going to kill anything that like gets in our way and like that's what Batman should be. He should just like be down to scrap all the time. <laughs> like and like, yeah, it's very frustrating because I think that's what undermines this entire cinematic universe is that like Batman isn't Batman. He's trying to be something else and it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'd agree. I think I think it's weird. But I also think that as a result, it, it makes some of the other characters weirder. Like, yeah, they clearly know what they're doing with Aquaman and... uh the flash but i do think they have a problem with wonder woman as well like i think that she does fine but i just her thing is she's basically there to kind of provide connective tissue for the rest of them which is like kind of a waste it's definitely a waste because like i think the way that they're sort of thinking about it is that wonder woman kind of takes the place of like a captain america figure but she's not she's closer to like thor like she should sort of be kind of like out of touch a little bit because like she's a god like she like she she shouldn't really be she doesn't need to be i don't think she should be as much of a team player as she is like in fact she should sort of be the captain marvel figure where she's like i don't have the time to deal with all of this nonsense because like i'm literally a god yeah but she seems super passionate about like helping everyone but not in a way that she she ever talks about no and in fact like the movie makes a point of being like, you just like hang out at an art gallery and don't do anything. And then her like character arc in the movie is that she decides to become a public superhero. But that it does. It's stupid. <laughs> like, like, yeah, she's it, it, and also like it undermines everything that we learned about her in Wonder Woman, which is that she like ran out into the middle of no man's land and like didn't care about like hiding. Like she was totally cool, like to do whatever. So and then they try very hard to like bring Steve Trevor stuff into it, which just felt like completely forced and weird. It felt really forced and really unnecessary and didn't really, it just didn't make any sense. And, ah, oh God, I just, everything about it's bad. <laughs> the, okay, sorry, the, the, the CGI is appalling. It's, it's genuinely incredible how bad it is. It, yeah. Because, like, the movie cost a lot of money to make, and I don't know. Three hundred million dollars, and it looks like I—I I hate to keep bringing this back up, but like the scene of the Battle of New York and the Avengers hasn't aged bad at all. It looks pretty much the same as like it did when I first saw it. It looks solid, yeah. The only thing that looks kind of bad in that movie are the costumes because the costumes are still a little like comic booky. They hadn't like figured out how to like make superheroes look okay. So like, yeah. you know. Uh, Captain America looks a little dorky and like Thor still has blonde eyebrows and like things are like a little weird, but it looks, looks fine uh, to the point where when they go back to it in Endgame, like it doesn't look insane to me. This looks like, like an Xbox video game. It looks garbage. Yeah. There are so many shots where it catches someone and they're in, you know, they're in some, whatever fantastical place and you're looking at it and you're like, the lighting's wrong. Like it, it, like I feel like if I paused it, I would see that it was coming from the wrong direction. That's how bad it feels. Right. 
Also, like, imagine a movie, like, so, I, I don't know if you know this about DC, but, like, Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman are sort of called, like, the big three. They're referred to as, like, they're the core of the Justice League. Every iteration of the Justice yeah. League pretty much has those three characters. My favorite DC scene of all time is where Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman put their hands on the lasso of truth to reveal their secret identities. And I think this is, like, so perfect. So... Uh, Superman says, my name is Clark Kent. Uh, one woman says, I'm Diana of the Amazons or whatever. And Batman puts his hand on it and he says, I'm Batman. And yeah. it's so good because it like, that's sort of like Batman's thing is that like he, Batman is him and Bruce Wayne is the alter ego. And I love that whole dynamic that like, that that's the three characters right there. So imagine you make a Justice League movie in which those three characters do not interact together almost ever. Yeah. This is the other thing. It also... And maybe it's because of the bad CGI. It does feel like Superman was not intended to be in the movie. So I, what I, from what I have read, Zack Snyder intended this to be a two-part movie that would be released within like a couple months of each other, like The Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix Revolutions. Okay. And from what I can kind of tell from the movie is I think Superman would have come back to life at the end of movie one, and then we would have had an entire second Justice League movie of like the team getting ready to fight the actual villain, Darkseid, who Steppenwolf was working for. Right. Okay, so yeah, that's the... Yeah, sure. So in this movie, we get Superman coming back at the halfway mark, and then they have to pretend like the mini-boss is a big enough boss for all of this to matter. Yeah, this is the problem. And then it also sets up these bizarre MacGuffins that are just... I don't know, they just sound stupid apart from anything else. I mean, like, I, like it's the thing of it. It's it's way to have a like good MacGuffin. You kind of need like it has to have some relevance to the plot, but also it can be silly enough that it's like clear. It's like oh, here are Infinity Stones. Right. And obviously, we always end up com- comparing this to Avengers, but like it does want to be compared to be Avengers. But then with this, it's just like I don't know the magic boxes. Well, hold on. So I did some more research on this because I was curious. I was like, when did we first learn about Infinity Stones in Marvel? The Tesseract is a big chunk of phase one phase one is essentially the story of like this magic cube and and that's the yeah. story of phase one and then the, the mind stone appears as loki's scepter but it's not really explained other than that it's like a thing that like the bad guy in space gives him to like conquer earth okay i didn't realize this we don't get an explanation of what the infinity stones are until guardians that's true yeah it's, it takes a while and like, so basically the collector does like, you know, like a, an exposition PowerPoint in Guardians that explains like what these things are. And, and the only, and the first time we actually see like an infinity stone outside of its container unit or whatever is the power stone at the end of Guardians. That means there's like, what, like almost like 10 movies of buildup to just establish what the MacGuffin of that universe is. Meanwhile, in DC, there's... No buildup about mother boxes. Mother boxes aren't even mentioned. The effects of the mother boxes aren't even seen. We barely even understand that there are Amazons and Atlanteans until this movie, which is movie five or something. Like, like that's crazy to do that all in one movie. That makes no sense. Yeah, you're introducing effectively. So this this movie is introducing three new characters, a new villain, and a, a new this key new plot point that ties it all together. Yes, exactly. That's an awful lot to introduce in one movie. 
It's an it's, I mean, this is kind of this is kind of the problem with it is that they 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 weren't trying to build up the universe. They they kind of just rush forward to a payoff, right? And as a result, the payoff doesn't pay anything off. One thing the movie, one thing Justice League does that's very smart is it answers a question that I sort of had kind of going into this and then had it really bad during Wonder Woman, which is like, okay, how does this work with the gods thing? The movie makes it very clear. Way, way back in this universe, there were three races on Earth, the Atlanteans, the Amazon, the Amazons, and the humans. And each of these races banded together with the Green Lantern Corps, which I noticed in this movie, which was good. Yeah, cool. that was cool. That was a nice touch. I like that. To fight an evil alien race, they like destroyed the artifact, separated it into three things that like can't combine to terraform the Earth for aliens or whatever, and buried it. However, having despite having aliens, like with fighting with them, they decided to put all of the mother boxes on one planet. Well, yes, that's very confusing. <laughs> But like, okay, fine. Like, you know what? In the same way that oh like, no, oh no, we must we must keep these separate from each other. Maybe we shall put them in different drawers. I mean, look, it's like the same thing where like there's just a bunch of infinity stones on Earth at the same time. You know, it happens all over the place. They, yeah, but they're like they get there by accident. They don't not supposed to be there. True, that's true. Okay, but let's just let's just accept like okay, you know, they've separated out the, the mother boxes. The three races are like. Holding on to them. Cool. We now understand how this universe works, which is that, like, there were once three, like, races, three kingdoms or whatever. They separated. And World War One was a moment where they became aware of each other again. Okay. In that case, all of the movies leading up to this should have been working to introduce that. Like, Wonder Woman should have probably been the first movie in this. Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, anything should have been. I, I, the other problem here is that the they end up making Wonder Woman the center because that's her her character. But for some reason, they have Batman there, who is effectively doing the same thing. But they have never properly introduced him as a character. No, and the, the movie is also doing this like really weird sexual tension thing between the two characters that like doesn't make any sense. It's also uncomfortably leery over Gal Gadot, which is very Zack Snyder. But I mean, honestly, yeah. it's pretty it's pretty Joss Whedon too. Let's be real. That's true. That's like, true. Both of these guys don't have a great track record with like female characters. It also did you did you get the impression that this was Joss Whedon trying to make the parts of Age of Ultron work in a different context? <laughs> yeah, it, it felt it did feel a little bit like that. He was like, mm, I did like this flying robot thing. I don't think I've quite nailed that. I'm just going to do it again. Not even that. I love the idea of a giant silver man taking over a random Eastern European country. <laughs> and like making things fly and then like sending my heroes to Eastern Europe for some fucking reason. Like it didn't make any sense. Yeah. None of it made any sense. What's also crazy is that like DC is different than Marvel where DC has fake cities. It has, um, it has Midway city. It has Gotham city. It has Metropolis. Like if you have custom locations, like set your movie there, <laughs> like don't set it in Eastern yeah. Europe. We've talked about these like fake locations before, and I think that is kind of one of the things that causes these real problems in that it has just no sense of place. None. It has none. Like, like there is this, the fields of Kansas, which sure, okay, okay, that's not that's not interesting. But then whenever it has a big moment or a big scene, it does it in a fictional place, which it needs to do because you know DC uses fictional cities, but it always does it in a way that they've like cleared everything around it, 
So they're like, right. we're not going to deal with the idea that this is a real living, breathing city. And so as a result, you never really know where they are. No. Like they, they, they spend the end, the end of the film in Russia for some reason. It, everything takes place in a void where... Yeah. And what's crazy... It's like a fake void. Is like Metropolis and Gotham, because they're fake cities, you can do so much with the city. Like, like there's even a line in Justice League where someone's like oh gotham that shithole and it's like cool i want more of that like why wouldn't you just like play up gotham as its own character like how new york is the fifth girl in sex in the city <laughs> yeah exactly but no they have yeah they have just have no interaction with the city and it makes it very strange and we also have examples of this being done differently because you know, we have Christopher Nolan's Batman. Exactly. In which Gotham is incredibly good and incredibly powerful. And, like, it really feels like a very real place that is, like, tense. And then when the Scarecrow takes over, it feels like it's, like, boiling over and there's, like, genuine feeling of people live there. Yeah. Or- and instead in this, instead in this, you get just get Lois Lane, who is apparently was a Pulitzer Prize winning reporter, but she doesn't want to win another one and is happy doing fluff for the minute. Right. Which is what I know about any reporters. They do one good story and then that's it. She's never done. again. Because her, her boyfriend died. And that's that's yeah. such a cool way to characterize a very good journalist. Yep. Also, like, there's a whole TV show, Gotham, that is literally just about, like, how Gotham is just, like, a really dangerous city full of, like, insane criminals that are constantly, like, killing people. Like, have fun with it. I, I think that goes back to my issue with all of the Snyder-adjacent movies in this universe, which is that, like, they're not fun. Like, they're not, no one's having fun with the entire premise. No, uh, yeah, the only person having fun in this movie is Jason Momoa. He's having a blast. Like, yeah. look, I don't know what his character was supposed to be like in the original version, and I sort of suspect that scene where he walks to, like, what is it, a White Stripe song, and he's, like, walking out into yeah. the water drinking whiskey, that is, like, pure Zack Snyder nonsense, but also, Jason Momoa can pull off Zack Snyder nonsense. He's, like, the only person who knows exactly, like, the way to do it, which is to, like, just, like... Have fun with it. Absolutely own it. It's kind of like how Jesse Eisenberg was the only character of the previous films to realize that you should just like go crazy camp with it and like just like have fun with it. Yeah, exactly. And then you end, yeah, which is how you end up with Ben Affleck not realizing that and just essentially groaning the entire time. Right. Meanwhile, Jeremy Irons seems like he's having the time of his life as the guy in the chair. He's having a blast. Yeah. He's like running around. He's like making quips. He like he's like a very good wartime Alfred who's like kind of operating like the uh, the internal. Uh, Jarvis for Iron Man. I'm into it. Like, whatever. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Um, but yeah, the central part of this movie, it takes place in a place that I don't really know where it is with characters who are, might as well not exist uh, chasing <laughs> after something I don't care about in order to stop a villain who I don't know. Yes. Because, I mean, this is the other problem. Like, one of the, the unifying things about, about movies is that the villains need to be good in order to make it work. Yes. Uh, we've subject it in this and you know so the wonder woman movie last week one of the big problems with it is that it very nearly does a cool thing at the end where it yes. chain twists the villain around instead it's just like no no it's an evil dude it's fine right and the the villain has nothing to do with it whereas something like black panther incredible villain makes the movie and yeah you've got to have that and this one is just nothing and what's weird what is very strange about dc is that like the marvel movies they don't have great villains because a lot of the great villains of marvel they didn't have the rights to um like like the best villain in marvel as far as i'm concerned is magneto i think he's one of the greatest villains of all time 
Um, sure. I think he's like an incredible thing, and 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 to to make a, a universe without him is hard. They also don't have um, Norman Osborn, who is like you know Jeff Bezos on crack, and he's just like yeah, yeah. perfect. Green Goblin is like an incredible villain. They also don't have Doctor Doom, who is like they didn't. Now they do, but who's also one of like the greatest villains of all time. So they had to sort of like make do with pretty bad villains. They end up with Red Skull, who's kind of interesting, but the most memorable villains have been Thanos which shouldn't be good, but is like Darth Vader level good. Uh, and then they've got uh, Killmonger, who's like a very different kind of villain. And other than that, like there aren't a ton of villains. Loki. And then they have Loki, who doesn't almost really count because although Avengers Loki is like very scary and crazy, um, but they don't have a lot of villains. What's weird, though, is DC has all their villains. They can use Lex Luthor. They can use... Um, Brainiac, they can use the Joker. Like they have all these great villains yeah. and they don't use them. I just don't understand it. Yeah, I think this is it. This is this is kind of what it comes down to is that they 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 have this thing and then for some yeah, they just don't use them. Oh, they had Vulture in Marvel as well. I loved Vulture. I lo- yeah, Vulture's very good. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other villains in D- like Marvel. Uh, that I mean, I think this is one of the the benefits. Oh, they had Zemo as well, who was quite good. Yeah, Baron Zemo was cool. I mean... Like, what helped about it was that all the villains were consistently right. I mean, that is, like, a problem with Marvel. Well, especially because, like, Marvel are cop films, and so, you know, all the villains kind of, like, have, like, a very anti-cop status. Um, But, like, it's weird, because, like, DC has incredible villains, like... They, I would even argue their villains are better known than Marvel villains. Like, everyone knows the Joker. Everyone knows Lex Luthor. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for some reason, they can't put it off because they uh, their main characters suck. And then they use, in their big tentpole movie, this guy whose name I can't even remember now. And I watched this movie like an hour ago. Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. Right. Yeah, they've named him after a Canadian rock band. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, I assume it's I assume it's after the actual. I think it was a German book, but that's what it's actually named after. But still, I mean, it's it's hard it's hard to really judge this movie because it would be like if Infinity War ended with um like his henchmen coming to Earth and we never saw Thanos. Like, imagine if Thanos just never showed up in Infinity War. That's kind of what this movie is. But this is it. This is the problem with the whole thing is that they've tried to do this thing and they've built it too quickly and therefore it doesn't hang together. And now they're trying to like get out of it quickly as well. Yeah. Which is why they're essentially rebooting Suicide Squad with the guy who did the movie that they are clearly trying to base Suicide Squad on. Yeah. I mean, that's the other. I mean, also, like, let's be real. The closest thing that this universe had to a Kevin Feige was Zack Snyder. And this movie. You know, for reasons that as much criticism as we give Zack Snyder, like he couldn't control what happened over the course of this film. And like, so imagine if like halfway through the Avengers, like Kevin Feige just like couldn't be involved anymore. Yeah. So it's like not even, it's not coherent. Like it's nonsense. It's not coherent, but equally the problem was that, you know, Zack Snyder is only a director. That's the other thing. Yeah. Like the point of the Kevin Feige is that there is someone there who is talking to everyone and being like, okay, here's where your characters need to be. And here are the character beats. Right. Figure out how to make it work. And there's clearly no one saying that. And everyone's just been like, oh, we should do this. And someone go like, yeah, okay. And then going, ah, we've done this wrong. Well, just got to live with it now. Right. Invested $300 million into it. Yeah. It's not good. (laughs) 
me pull up uh let me, let me pull up some stats here so we got it um because it's it's an interesting one um what i did like about this movie is it was under two hours long it was for you yeah uh yeah no it was actually exactly two hours um oh the movie also has a post-credit scene it does it have has two it has two post-credit true. scenes oh okay i've only seen one which one did you see uh, I saw the one where Lex Luthor meets something Wade. Wade, no, uh, Slade. Not not Wade Wilson. Slade Wilson. Because okay, Slade Wilson. Yeah. So, and that's sort of setting up the idea of like the um the 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 League of Evil or whatever. Um, <laughs> so you didn't see the Flash Superman post credit scene. No. Okay, it's kind of cute. It's it's sort of uh, hinting at this like long held. Uh, debate over who's faster, Flash or Superman, and so they decide they're gonna race, and then it's like them running, and that's the whole thing. Okay, it's fun. It's it's a bit of camaraderie that would have worked way better in the actual movie about these characters <laughs> <laughs> instead of just jammed in at the end for no reason. Always um, the problem. Okay, so so the movie uh, was made for three hundred million dollars. It made six hundred and fifty-seven point nine million dollars. It was, as we've talked okay. about, plagued with production issues. Um, and then when they brought in Joss Whedon, he's been accused of being just like a completely abusive asshole on set. Everything that could have gone wrong with this movie seems to have gone wrong. It has a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is extremely charitable. <laughs> yep. And uh, it is debated. It is still debated how much of whose movie it is that made it to the final cut. I saw an estimate. That it was ten percent Zack Snyder, ninety percent Joss Whedon. You saw it was about fifty fifty. The only t- the only tell that you can really see over whose movie you're watching is if Henry Cavill's lip isn't in it. <laughs> that's Joss uh, Whedon. Yep. Um, it's a bad movie. They should, honestly, honestly, it would have been better had they just not edited out the mustache and it was just there and it was just unexplained. Yeah, like he like Kryptonian's hair keeps growing when they die. Whatever. Yeah, like just gets... and sometimes dis- and sometimes disappears. Also, like imagine like a cool like resurrected Superman with a beard. Like he has <laughs> yeah. a beard when we first meet him in the first movie. The beard is a lot better. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it would have been very confusing, and I assume they're trying to reuse action shots that they shot with him without a beard. So for continuity, it probably doesn't make any sense. Most um, definitely. I did. I don't know how true this rumor is, but I did read something in the daily express yesterday um claiming that the end of Zack snyder's recut of the justice league will somehow connect to robert pattinson's batman great <laughs> i uh see that's just it like to start again you've done it you fucked it <laughs> yeah why I- are we still doing this universe I agree. I mean, it also has the problem that we've had since day one with Zack Snyder's like universe, which is that all these movies feel like they're commenting on movies that already exist somewhere else. So we have like instead of Batman, we have like old Batman and Robin is dead. And instead of Superman, we have like Kryptonian 9-11. And instead of The Flash, we have like a homeless teenager. Like it, it feels like the universe has gone wrong. There's also a chance that all this does get rebooted in the Flash movie where there will be a bunch of timey-wimey stuff. So they might reboot the entire universe with the Flash films. Yeah, sure. That would be good. That would be a good start. They should do that and just be like, we're, we're, we're done with this. Um, I agree. So we have three more movies that are currently out 
in this uh, in this series that we're doing. All three, uh, two of them I've seen before, and I love dearly, and I'm very excited to talk about them because I feel like we finally made it through like the slog of this, and they're all everything's about to get a lot better. So we've got Aquaman, Shazam, and Birds of Prey. We these these are this is a good run of movies. I think I've only I've seen. Aquaman and Shazam. I've not seen Birds of Prey, but I'm I'm I positive about the general direction. Yeah, I've heard good things. Um, we, you and I, we've talked about whether we do Wonder Woman 1984. Um, it will be released on uh, VOD, so we'll be able to to watch it. Um, I think we should just like play it by ear. But no matter what, we have decided we're going to do an episode where we fix the we're going to fix this universe. <laughs> yeah. Um. The other thing to think about, I realized, is that Justice Le- the the Snyder Cut is currently scheduled for next September. Okay, so we're gonna have to come back to that one a little. bit. So, uh, just looking at, looking ahead, the only thing coming out after Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four is the Suicide Squad. So, you know, and that's in August. So, we'll figure out what to do with post post credit scene after that. I feel like we could go watch like Fast and the Furious or something. If you guys have ideas of what we should uh, start digging into next, let us know. Me- Maybe we should watch the linked set of movies where uh, Henry Cavill has a mustache. Oh, Mission Impossible films? Yeah. I mean, they're outrageous. We could totally do that. But the first one is also from like 30 years ago now. That's true. That's true. Um, one of our listeners, Matthew... And I think, I think the second one is about them stopping a virus that causes a global pandemic. I think you're correct, yes. Um, one of our patrons, Matthew, suggested that we watch the Netflix show Emily in Paris. <laughs> because of its depiction of working in social media and he thought that it would be interesting for our take on that uh, i mean <laughs> there's a lot of hours watching a thing i don't want to watch <laughs> <laughs> well we can keep talking about it and once again uh leave us a comment on patreon uh tweet at us uh twitter.com slash the content minds um but i'm excited i'm excited i feel like we've we've gotten through the roughest part of this and I'm excited for the last three movies in this. I really am. I mean, I'm worried that these movies have been so bad that it's now ruined Shazam for me. Um, So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. uh, And we will, we'll see you next week. So thanks guys. All right. Thank you. Cheers.